All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a Monday Night Live fantasy fishing show. And I am hosting tonight the captain, Andrew Full. And so far, we have Brennan Chapman here and Boomer. We are Deaconless or Sarah Deacon for now. He'll be here eventually. But it's kind of weird leading a fantasy fishing show. It's been a while since I've hosted a serious angler show here live. And, um, Bailey's just not feeling the greatest tonight, so he asked me to step in and run the show. But what's going on, guys? I think Bailey's going to kick us off. Like he might. He's, he's probably got somebody's going to warn us and be like, "Oh my god, these guys!" <laughs> All of a sudden, the show's going to go dark. It, it, it might. You never know what's going to happen here. But like, first, yeah. we're waiting on Deacon to get here. But like, what's like what's new in the hood up like in the upper Midwest, Pacific Northwest? Like, kind of give a recap for what's going on with you guys while we're waiting. Um, yeah, I guess uh upper Midwest here, it's uh cooler. <laughs> we we had like a big cold front sweep through. Um mm. didn't didn't get to fish today or yesterday, so not sure uh how that's affecting our fishing, but it really did drop like 20, 25 degrees. So kind of enjoying that and uh getting some yard work caught up so haven't been on the water um getting stuff done around the house just been laying low doing some fantasy fishing i I feel like it's either been really rainy here in western new york or it's blown like 70 miles an hour and been like 95 degrees there's like no in between right now and today it's 72 and kind of drizzly so it's a nice reprieve but yeah that's what we've got 70 72 drizzly yeah so. Yeah, we have a we have 172. Oh wow! <laughs> no, the only drizzle is the uh, sweat <laughs> frying off your skin <laughs> as you get closer <laughs> to the hell. <laughs> oh yeah, because there was that big heat wave that they're awaiting to make like its emergence on the west coast. It's finally uh, there, right? No, it's um, hot, dude. You can keep it. Yeah, it's a dry heat. It's good though because you know where to go fishing. You go straight to the current, find anything yeah. that's moving. We have a cool we have cool summer fisheries here because we do have a lot of current. We've got a lot of river systems that feed like Columbia River and stuff. So I think Saturday I was on Lake Roosevelt, which is a Columbia River impoundment north of the, the Columbia River everybody else hears about. And it's kind of our little sleeper. It's got mondos in it. There was a couple uh I swear I saw the state record swimming around in there. It was huge. I, we we argued if it was a carp until it came up and tried to eat our top water and didn't do it. It's mm. a monster. Dang. If you can deal with the heat, man, we got good fishing. Yeah, you can keep it. I melt when it gets to be like 80 and humid. So I just not a fan. Yep. But real fast too, while we're waiting on Deacon, did you guys see what happened in Maui over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, Very sad. I don't know what the death total count is up to, but me and my wife, uh, we went there for our honeymoon and I think we spent like 50 hours in that city of Lahaina. And now it's like completely gone. It's so sad. Yeah, that's nice. I I know there's like some donation links out there. Stay away from traveling there if you have any plans, but I'm sure just donating could really help the cause to the people over there. Yeah, they're closing in on 100, Brian, just put in the comments. So it's uh, one of the coolest places I've ever been in my life, and it's really really sad to see what has happened to those people. So it... uh, Hopefully it rebuilds and stays relatively the same as it was before everything happened. But 
while we're waiting on Deacon, we might as well talk about St. Clair and get the show on the road. What was your guys' thoughts on that derby? Well, I I don't know. I, I thought, well, I, for starters, I had uh, Sefuentes and Drain the Lake, so I was, I was glad to see that. Uh, we were kind of talking backstage. Like, I had listened to a couple of interviews. Um, one of them may have been Mercer's towards the end um, – he was talking about uh, after his win earlier this year, just like talking about the rest of the season and, and noted that he was really excited for St. Clair and just kind of elaborated elaborated on drop shotting and how he was really looking forward to that event. And uh, it all shaped up for him. So that was cool to see. Yeah, I think, I, say, I think everyone's going to have cowboy boots, hats, and Wrangler jeans here in the future. <laughs> it's going to be like the new thing. Yeah. The new bass pro tackle. Yeah, you could get a box of worms, the assorted worm tackle kit, and then you can get the cowboy hat kit. The Wrangler kit. The bass wrangler kit, we'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, that is so good. What'd you think of it, Boomer? Oh, it was awesome. I was actually really surprised that some of the better scopers didn't do good. And I don't think uh, I think at a place like that, I don't think just being good at scoping mattered. I yeah. talked to Brandon about it afterwards, and I said, I bet there's a little bit of area that was better than other areas, and he said, absolutely. Yeah, it seemed like the guys who kind of got off of the main group of fish were the ones who excelled. Like, they were around the main group, but they were off of it just slightly. They found bigger yeah. fish, which is something that I find a ton on my end of Erie. It's like, if you're in a group of them, you're not doing any good. You gotta, like, slide off just slightly, and that's where the bigger fish sure. will be and you get way less bites but it's usually for the better so yeah you got i i think you got to endure practice without bites i think you got to i think to hunt something like this is my take on it but i think you got to be okay with knowing there's a biomass over here that will yeah. will maybe cash you a check but you got to fish for two days and not catch you know what i mean and then you'll you bounce into that one area that doesn't yeah. look good on screen you know what i mean that's what i think i, yeah. I would think but there was some really good scopers that didn't do really well in that tournament. It was a scope derby. Yeah. So what'd you think of St. Clair Deacon? Welcome to the party. Yo, yo. Yo. Man, I thought it was good. I, uh, I tuned in less than I thought I was going to be able to. So I didn't see the final day, but um, I thought it was a great event. I thought it kind of played pretty expected. I guess I heard Boomer kind of saying there was less scoping going on. Is that what I kind of picked up on? No. I, people were scoping, but like what happened was, and this is my opinion, I think people got caught up in just running through tons and tons of fish, which happens on smallmouth tournaments. And the guys who got off of that main group did a little bit better, which is what it seemed like happened. Or they found like the bigger fish within that main group because they live in very small areas as opposed to everywhere. So. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's always whenever it's going to be like a community, community hold derby, kind of how it was. Like it's very similar to like Florida esque. Always the person who wins isn't in that community hole. Like you can top 10 in there, do really well, but like there's always that one guy that takes off. And they get harder and harder to catch every day because you have 107 live scope units from each brand pinging off the same fish probably a thousand times. 
over a span of a week. So they get really weary to it. But before we go into points and drain the lake in all of our groups for St. Clair, we do have a special guest this week. It is not Wes, and I want to get him on here real fast, get an idea of what's going on at Champlain, and then we'll let him get his tackle going. But joining us this week is Bryant Smith himself, who is rigging some rods up and He's in here, so <laughs> I figured. Perfect I would, timing. Yeah, figured we would uh, <laughs> just throw you into the queue right into the fire. What's up, man? Oh, just living the dream out here. Putting all, I think I got about forty-two alpha anglers out today, and one of them. You worked. don't own that many. So, well, <laughs> you don't own that many. I'm, I wouldn't send you that many. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I'm now here, Boomer. This is your time to shine. So I'm going to let you grill Bryant here. At oh, the this should be so easy. It's your turn. Yes. I, I should. I, I'll wait until I get some. So because I I've traveled with him for so long, I know when it's BS or not. But we'll. Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> I might chime in. I know when you switched over to him, though, it was his best side. Head oh yeah! Box. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's good. So, uh, just for everyone who's tuning in, Brian, uh, kind of give like a synopsis on how Champlain's setting up. Man, it is going to be a. Um, it looks like it's going to be another forward-facing sonar tournament. Um, surprise, surprise! Smallmouth in the summertime, but. <laughs> it, it just is what it is. That's that's how they're setting up right now. You know, there's a lot of fish offshore. There's a lot of fish chasing bait right now. And if you can get around those, you know, groups of fish, the right ones, um, offshore, not they're not holding on anything except bait. They're literally just chasing bait. The biggest ones I've seen today, they were just chasing bait. Um, and the only way you see those fish is, is forward facing. So. Uh, going to be another one of those tournaments. There's still a lot of good grass out there right now. There's a lot of good shallow like cover, but I gave that a really good shot this morning and I just couldn't figure it out. So, you know, we got two more days to break this place down. It's absolutely massive. Um, the big kind of, the big kind of difference maker we got this week is going to be that the water has actually come up, uh, a lot. I pre-fished here right after Sabine. And the water was like four feet low or something. And now it's almost, if it's not full pool, it's almost above full pool. So yeah, they've little had change like there. two huge historic floods up there in the past month. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can oh. tell because she's full now. Yeah. Brutal. So, um, <clears throat> I guess I got, I got what? a good one for you. Go ahead, Jake. What, what do you think about the tie guys? You think there'll be guys that'll run down a tie? So, if the water didn't come up, I would say no. But now that the water did come up, uh, I'm sure a lot more guys are going to check that. Uh, big problem we have is the first day we're expecting a brutal south wind. So um, that's going to make that run pretty – I won't say it's undoable, but you got to have some stones to go down there, and, and you got to catch them quick because you got a long ride back. Mm. What is yeah, the run down there? 70 miles. Yeah. 70 miles, and it's straight north-south, so we got a straight south wind, and it is, it, yeah, the forecast is not great. And you're going out of Plattsburgh, right? Yeah, yes, we are. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling up the weather forecast right now real fast. 
gnarly. I think yeah. the first two days. Yeah, the yeah. first two days. The, the second day, I think it switches a little bit. To, I think it's more of a west wind, so that'll help a little bit. But, um, yeah, that first day. I'm, I'm trying to plan for that first day, and it's not going very well. <laughs> it's all the fish that I'm finding are on south, you know, southern-facing banks. So, of course. got some work to do there. Mm. Yeah, so it shows on here. It's like, can I talk about wind? I don't want to talk about anything I can't talk about. Can we talk about wind? No, no, that's public. Okay, so on Thursday, it shows south-southeast at 12. On Friday, south at 10. So that that's going to make it a little bit bumpy. It doesn't show the gusts that I have here, but whew, I wouldn't want to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's got the straight stretch going from Thai up to Plattsburgh is about 50 miles that it can build. So it doesn't take much to get it rolling out there. Mm. That place is, yeah, so bumpy, man. It is. It is. These waves, like when you come up north, I swear, if you hit a wave, it just hits you so much differently than if you do on a southern fishery. It just jars your body. Yeah, well, I think part of it has to deal with the way a lot of the lakes are built since they're glacier lakes. They just literally go straight down and mm-hmm. belly out. And then they all, yeah. almost all the lakes in New York lie north to south. So any north to south wind, you're just ruined. Unlo- oh, besides yeah. the Great Lakes, most of them are, well, we have one that goes east west, and the other one goes like southwest, northeast. But yeah. Right. Fun. Brian, one, so- one, more, one more question for you. Yep. How many? How many? Or let's say in the top twenty-five anglers will have largemouth play in uh, in their game plan this week. Good question. I don't know. That's a tough one. I haven't fished for largemouth yet, so um, I'm really not sure how well they're biting. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it eventually. I just haven't kind of gotten around to it, but. Um, with the water coming up, I think, I think they're going to play a little more than they usually do. I still think, I mean, I gotta say that just based on the past two, three years, you know, watching all the tournaments and everything, the smallmouth are going to dominate this thing, but I think there's going to be a few guys that can probably scratch out a check, you know, make a good, I don't know if you're going to make the top 10 cut on strictly largemouth unless you go down to tie and figure it out. Um, but you know, I think, I think they will be a player for sure. Especially I was, you know, I was thinking about it today. Uh, if that wind blows the way it's supposed to, I might need to go tuck into protected Bay and just go, you know, maybe get some bites that, uh, from those largemouth. maybe they will be a little more protected, you know, all the marinas they got around here, all the docks and everything like that. So that's definitely in my game plan. I couldn't tell you how many you're going to get weighed in, but I think it's, I think it's going to be quite a few with this water coming up. Makes sense. I like it. What I do would... you think? Last question from me, other than are you eating better cheddars and salad? The key to like winning tournaments? Yeah, I, I dropped the salads. So I think <laughs> I need to get back to <laughs> Well, no, see, I get my, I get my vegetable because I do the jalapeno cheddars now. Oh, oh, nice. So, smart yeah, blue I'll get, my, yeah, I'll get, yeah I, the greens are built in now, so we can just chive. We don't just have to worry. Green. <laughs> yeah, we don't <laughs> have to worry about it. Green. <laughs> uh, I what, think uh, that, 
that falls under the uh, living the dream part of this deal. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And well, good. And since you brought that up, will you tell everybody your dinner program where you load the boat? That's the one I think that everybody really needs to hear about when they want to go after being a bass. Boat. You tell them about the way you make dinner. Uh, when there's nobody like launch ramp's a little crowded right now, so I probably wouldn't do it right now. But um, like when I was pre-practicing here, I'd go dock the boat. Obviously, there'd be nobody there at 10:30 at night, so. I'd go tie the boat up to the dock and pull my grill out, fire that thing up, leave it running in the parking lot with two better cheddars on there. I'd go drive the truck, load the boat up, and then by the time I had the boat back in the parking lot, they were ready to go. That's called Perfect. efficiency, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we don't waste any time out here. That's fantastic. Oh, All right, my last real question: What, in your research, what kind of weight a day do you think to yeah, make a, a check? One. To make a check is going to be seventeen, seventeen to seventeen and a half, somewhere around there, um, to win the thing. Really? Probably, yeah. It's it. I just looked it up because I wasn't catching how the bugs are everywhere. You wouldn't ask me one more question to let the bugs just <laughs> bite me a little I can longer. See them. <laughs> yeah, you can see them because they're huge. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, it bounces between 17 and 17 and a half, you know, maybe a little bit more, but uh, yeah, it'll be around that 17 mark, 34, 35 pounds. Yeah, it's got to be kind of crazy, like, because I know you live out in Cali. And this is by far the last question. I apologize. But coming to New York and, like, the northern states, when it's like, if I don't catch, like, 17, 18, or 19 pounds, I might not make a check. Like, mentally, how does that make you feel heading into an event? You know, I'm never – I was never the – I was never really good at the Slugfest tournament. So, it's you know, it's definitely – it's tough for me. I like the grinders. I like the ones that, I mean, I don't like the grinders, but I do well at the grinders usually. So, um, being up here where you just, you know, you have to catch them. It, it's a different mindset for sure. It, and you could get, you know, if you have one bad day here, if you have a 15 pound day here, which could happen to me, if you have a 15 pound day here on Champlain, your tournament's over. Unless you're going out and catching 23, which is pretty much, it's not impossible, but it's very unlikely. Uh, it's so hard to play catch up here. So being consistent is, is absolutely key here. And uh, real quick before before I head out, um, my wife actually brought this up today. And I look, I am actually closer to Scotland right now than I am to my house. That, that's <laughs> a crazy fact. Wow. <laughs> Probably makes her really her happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh man, that's a great geography lesson for those who yeah. are traveling from California to New York. You should know that you're closer to Scotland than home. Mm -hmm. So that's crazy. Yeah, built up. Yeah, awesome. Well, Brian, thanks for taking the time out. Go get some cheddars on the grill and have a good evening. Well, do thank you, boys. I appreciate yeah. it. Good, good luck. luck we'll chat soon. Thanks, guys. Yep, bye now. All right, that was cool to have Brian join us. I hope he doesn't have too many bug bites, but I'm sure Boomer <laughs> hopes he does. But yeah, you just those things are huge. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of little black dots. The entire time he was getting one swarmed. of them. <laughs> one of them hit the one of them hit his phone and knocked it back. Did you see that? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like a Jurassic Park for bugs. <laughs>
That's brutal. Oh, man. Woo. Poor Brian. So, but anyways, back to St. Clair. So, Bailey could not join us tonight, as we stated, if you're just joining in now. And we'll we'll start off with him here and make sure he sent me his St. Clair roster. And it does not look like he did. So, who wants to start it off? Oh, you're talking about Champlain, right? Yeah. St. Clair. Oh, no, because we're going. We got to do our points for St. Clair. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So who wants to start it off for St. Clair? I will. Go if ahead. I can find my. Uh, all right. So St. Clair, you want to go over fantasy? Yeah. Beauty. Uh, St. Clair was pretty brutal for me. I had Jay Shakira with an 11 points finish. I'll take that every day. Happy with that. Seth Fighter, 70th. Pretty disappointing. Corey Johnston, 25th. Chad Pipkins, 91st. I was like, that pick, it was either going to happen or it wasn't, and it didn't. And I just, 91st, like, ouch. And then Alex Redwine, 29th. So, I'll take that. Hey, he had a good first two days, and that third day crushed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and Drain the Lake was, was great, but are we doing Drain the Lake, too? We'll get there after we go through this real fast. Perfect. Deacon, how'd you do? Oh, chap, what was your total points, Brennan? 927, sorry. No, you're good. All right, Deacon, you're up. Right. St. Clair, I had a total. Oh, yeah. This is a nice, pleasant surprise. I haven't looked at Well, <laughs> okay, surprise. Uh, I had Taku, which was fantastic. We had red wine, like everyone, it seemed like in Bucket E for the most part. Um, I had Christy, who finished 21st. That was awesome. Chris Johnston, 26th. And uh, lowest finisher, which is a rare lowest finisher, was uh, Mr. Polinick in a whole whopping 46th place. So I had a total of uh, 1231. Oh, good job. That's a good one, buddy. Yeah, I think, you, I think you won that one. Easy. <clears throat> That's a good one. I had, yeah, I only had 1,073 points or something like that. Not a lot. Yeah. Um, I had Walters who keeps bailing me out all year. He's hard not to take at 21st. Or no, wait, what did Walters have? 27th. Schlapper at 64th, but he started at 38th. I thought, man, I got I got the dark horse. And then nothing. Uh, Corey Johnston, 25th, which that was kind of a comeback for him, wasn't it? And then I think, I think at, he started rough and then came back. Yeah. Yeah, he, he started in 68th and then climbed up to 25th. <clears throat> Pretty good. Insane. Taku in third, and then uh, Sukup, who started in the cut line and then ended at the bottom. Ooh, nice. So just so everyone knows, I won't be able to update standings because Bailey did not send me his uh, St. Clair point standings. But I will go over mine. I had Hunter with 199, Chris Johnson with 223, who went from 58th to 26th. Then I had Coop, a came in fourth, and Chris Seldane burned me with the 75th, and then Redwine in 29th for 1048. So not terrible, keeping me out of last place. So we'll take that. But um, unfortunately, we cannot update the points because I did not have Bailey. So and he missed the first event, and then we had to keep score here on the side for him because he didn't put his picks in. And you had to figure that out. So we will – I'll let him do that math, and we'll figure it out later. But do you want to go over your drain the lake first, Brennan? Sure, yeah. 
Um, yeah, my drain the lake was interesting. I had Joey Sefuentes the winner, which was great, but like everybody else was either really bad or just like average. So yeah. it didn't really accumulate to like the finish I would have liked. So Ike and Ellie, 73rd, Chad Pipkins, 91st, Hunter Shryock, 38th, Austin Felix, 53rd. That was really surprising. Jonathan Kelly, 24th, Redwine, 29th, Sefuentes winning, and then Norsetter. Um, Kyle Norsetter, 35th, for a total of 1843. That's a good one. Good job. Deacon? Rain the Lake. We had a total of, uh, yeah, dude, Brandon, you and I are kicking butt on Drain the Lake. Um, it's a $5 winning prize for this one, right? This this was like what was it like something something pretty decent out of everybody's box, right? Yeah, I don't remember at all, but figure it out. Uh, I got hey, I got a couple alpha angler pens. I'll donate to the winner of Drain the Lake. Is, is it worth fifty dollars? <laughs> it's fifty dollars, bud. It's fifty dollar value. All right. I'm only saying that because I'm losing so bad. Sorry. <laughs> Why isn't my hold up? I'm sorry. It's not. You want me to go? You want yeah, me to go yeah. real quick? Because mine's yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, so I suck. I'm in the very bottom. <laughs> Overall percentage was 64%. I had 1,700 points with Coop, who was awesome. Red wine was awesome. Uh, but 257 was for Jay. 207 for Downey. Corey Johnson, 225. Chris Johnson at 223. Seth Fighter, which I think everybody was really surprised to see at 135 points, 70th place. And Paul Mueller. That's a good one. So, Deacon, did you get yours up yet? We did. All, All right. right. Go ahead. I had uh, Pipkins, who was, yeah, rough, rough deal there. Uh, Paul Mueller in 28th. Austin Felix, 53rd. Taku, 3rd. Justin Hamner, 17th. Great tournament for him. That's awesome. Uh, Josh Douglas in 66th. Chase Akirat in 11th. And then Redwine in 29th. So, total of 17 uh, 13. You guys all smoked me. I had 1435. I had Zeldane, 124, 75th. I had Christie, 233, which 21st. I had Pipkins, who came in 91st. Fighter, with a 70th, which I did not expect that at all out of him on St. Clair. Shryock, 199 with the 38th. Fouts, with a 6th, with 276. Gussie, 158. And then Redwine. With two seventeen, so drain the lake is not my strong suit. I don't know. No. I might be. A, I think Bailey put it all in here, so I might be able to figure out what our points are on drain the lake. Yep. So right now for drain the lake, uh, Brennan, you are leading with thirteen three three three. You should go play like a win four and just run all. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Deacon, you're in second with. Now. Deacon's in second with 13,176. Bailey in third with 12,389. I'm in fourth with 12,235. And Boomer rounding us out in last with two goose eggs in his scores but at 10,222. So, yeah. How'd you end up with two goose eggs? Just forget to set it. I think so. Probably, <laughs> some, probably something dumber than that, but I'll just say forgetting. <laughs> Fair enough. I was like, I was like, oh man, I, I should be in last right now by a long shot. In an easy yeah. way to to check who's winning the score, Andy, is just to look at the yeah the ranking. 
That's why I did. But, but Bailey's isn't to, in there, right? Bailey's isn't in there for the first event, so I don't have his total points. So I'll send these over to him and let him calculate it. But on to what we're really here to talk about, and that is Lake Champlain. Um, basically like the golden child of upstate New York. It's it's kind of crazy how good that lake is, and it's almost overshadowed by like the Giants on Lake Ontario. And then you have Cayuga Lake, which is really good, Oneida, Lake Erie, where I'm at. Like we have some outstanding fisheries, but everyone always puts on like their bio on Bassmaster where their favorite lake is. And it always seems to be Champlain. For Dude. It's wild. It's- I, I, you know what I think it is? Well, first of all, the versatility that you can go chase green and browns. But after being up there this last year and, and uh, fishing a Toyota series as a co, like I have never seen, and I think um, Jake Latondris posted about this this morning, but I have never seen, like, it is a gorgeous lake. Like out of all the, all the scenery of like pretty lakes, especially we have a lot of really cool lakes out West, right. That just look awesome. But that place is just, it's almost Alaska esque to me, like where it's like really steep mountains around it, like the Andorodex around mm-hmm. it. And it looks like you're on the ocean. Like it's just a, I don't know. The place is so pretty. And then you like can go look at four and five pound green ones swimming around. And then you can go catch big smallmouth out deep or shallow or throw a freaking, top water in three foot waves and get crushed. Like it's just, Oh, it's a cool place. There's endless amounts of fish in that body of water. And uh, Brian kind of highlighted it when we had him in here earlier. Like if you catch 15 pounds, you're probably going to finish last. And it used to be on like a lot of lakes. If you caught 15 pounds, you're like, all right, I made a check. I'm surviving. Now here it's like, if you don't catch 17, then if you catch 16, you can come in like, 75th so i anticipate the weights being extremely close but it seems like whoever wins always wins by like a pound or two on the last day because they just end up catching a giant bag or they come from like ninth to win by a pound or two it's insane how good that fishery is and it just seems like with forward facing it keeps getting better so what are your guys's expectations for the event um, I guess I'll go. Um, I think it's going to follow suit for a typical Champlain event based on everything I guess I've heard, but um, I, I am curious to see what that wind day does, how much wind it really is and what the ultimate effect is. More curious to see what that does to the grass bite, if it just like destroys that, you know, or or if you have to resort to an area that's completely protected to maintain the grass bite, but um I think it's going to throw a curveball, um, yeah. but probably a, a needed one for this to be kind of dramatic. Exciting. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it'll be exciting. I really do. The one thing that it could help, though, is like you might see a lot. Like normally you see a lot of topwater fishing on Champlain, but you might see even more because mm-hmm. now you have these grass flats. If they're three foot underwater, right. you're going to have a lot of bass just roaming on top of grass that a lot sure. of guys are like, sure. why are they here? But they're catching giants doing that. So. Right. More power fishing, more chatter baits, swim Big jigs, glide baits. Like yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be exciting and it'll for sure be close because it's an order and smallmouth event. So it'll be fun. Yeah. And large mouth. You guys you guys remember the last year Kyle Hall and Dakota Ebear battled it out up there? I think yeah. it was about this time too in an MLF. It was uh invitational, I think. But that was a bloodbath. Like that was fun to watch. Was that that was last year, wasn't it? 
then it was all scoping. Kyle just he he took his skills from Ivy and just went out there and I think Dakota and him practiced. They said one time they practiced there for like two months. They moved up there and just lived up there and all they did was chase him around. Both of them, yeah. But Dakota, yeah. I mean, that's how he qualified in the first place for uh what was the tour, right? Was he qualified through the northern division? But he was just living out of a truck up there, found a cool family that kind of took him under his wing and and uh spent I mean just has spent a ton of time. Yeah. yeah. That was a cool shootout tournament. It was fun to watch with those two. <clears throat> I, I don't know why I watched so much of it, but that was a good one. That was before I think they cut some of the coverage on that on the invitationals. You could see a lot of the the way that tournament laid out. So anyways. I yeah, cool fishery for sure. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a, an early prediction. Ready? Like love it. This Here is gonna go. be hot take. Hot take. And this is this is literally coming from the when I was there with the Toyota series, the guy who won it was a local and I don't remember his name, but he wins there all the time. I think he won there this year in the Toyota. Is the the guy like mega bass for Mont Charge? I can't think of his name right now. He's a maybe it was him, but he he uh he's like a he goes and catches perch for a living out there. Like that's literally his his job, right? Is catching perch on hooks. Like you have to do it with hooks like all day, right? And he knows that place better than like everyone, according to like some of the guys I was staying with up there that live up there. And his whole thing, if I'm remembering correctly, like he was chasing smallmouth, smallmouth. And on the final day, he went and caught big green ones. And that's what like sealed the deal. Like he had, I think he had a couple smallmouth, but he had like a six and a seven or some really big green ones. So my Brian thoughts, up. I think that's the name. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And, and so, that my thoughts are with the wind, especially like, I think when it calms down, I don't know if Ty is what it used to be at this point, but all over that place, like all that stuff. So, so protected. It seems like where a lot of the largemouth was, were, um, like I think two days of getting beat in the wind and that kind of a thing. And then someone on the final day or, or when they can run where they really want to get to, they're going to go catch green ones and it'll be like a mix because of that. What do you think Jason Christie's going to do? Water rising, large mouth are for sure playing. Like, isn't this setting up to be like a Jason Christie bloodbath? <laughs> it, I feel like any event that you have rising water and there could be like an unknown variable. I feel like Jason Christie's like a dark horse. And because he's my number one choice. He's so, so, he's so good at scoping too. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. But he's the, he's the one guy I think that could just walk away from something. Like if I was as good at scoping as he was, I would never do anything else. He's the first guy that'll be like, ah, over here and throw a frog you know what i mean catching he doesn't pound on lake lake and everyone's like where did that fish come from it's like the colonic <laughs> play right it's like you're out there like doing this and then you're like oh you know that log i've been yeah that, that log <laughs> it's just that's uh those guys are so natural with that stuff they trust their instincts is what it mm-hmm. and that's what separates a lot of like good fishermen from great fishermen and it's knowing when to trust and when to stay like when to go and when to stay so yeah, it's gonna be a cool event. I I feel like every year Champlain, it's like the same guys in the top ten, but there's always like a sneaky dark horse that pops in. It's like, whoa, what are you doing up there in this event? So I, I'll be excited to see who it is. But I don't know if it's an event like where you're gonna see a rookie sneak in either. Where where is 
where is Christie sitting points wise? It's a great uh, question because that might change his game plan entirely because he needs to make the classic for next year. I mean, Grant. He, uh, moved he had a good turn. He finished twenty first, so he's probably doing okay now. Probably luck, Bassmaster. Mm. I don't think that was enough to move him into the in the cup, though. He was I think down. He was right on the was board. Like sixty eighth or something. Okay. I'm looking for. I had it up. Guys, have you guys seen Bucket C? It's freaking loaded. Yeah, it sucks. Jason Christie is currently in thirty seventh. So he isn't. No, he's one out of the cut. One. What is it? Is it thirty? Thirty six. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> no, that's a one two. He's got some big jumps. I swear but, he was is, is there a fishing conservative like on a fishery like that when the weights are right. that tight? You know what I mean? Like, I, I it's don't not think like you're, it's yeah. not like it's Lake Conroe, though. You know what I mean? Like you're not fishing for like a 10-pound extra bite. Like you know but I mean? he puts himself out of it, like just like Bryant said, if he catches 15 pounds. So it might be like go scope and, mm-hmm. and like get, get him the first couple days, and then on that final day. Right. Screw it, let's go. Right. Or he he's goes out and he's like, now, so he can take that long run. <laughs> he can, yeah. he's, he's not going to get clapped out. <laughs> and he can't do it at 30 miles an hour no. and take his time to get there. He's He can go. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, you could – and I wonder how much this is going to play into, like – and that's where I was talking about topwater. Like, you can get on a big mixed bag in a hurry throwing topwater on the right grass flat this time of year where they're just mixed together and – well, Aaron Martins did it. I think the last time he was on the Elite Series, he was catching. On the last day, he dropped that huge bag, and he had a mixed bag throwing top water and grass. Mm-hmm. So and that's the thing, like that I didn't realize about places like this, and and it's it's anywhere up north, I guess. But like you, you can go out there and be in the ocean, right, and just stay in thirty feet of water and do nothing but scope. Like you can do that, and then you can like be like, oh, there's some, there's a nice grassland right there. And go up there, and there's five pounds smallmouth that'll eat a spy bait or a top water, or any, you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. it's just crazy how many fish are in those. Places. Yeah, they're I wonder big. too, like the fish that are out in the ocean, right? I wonder what their main forage base is because you know, there's a ton of perch in Champlain. Little, little bait is what they were on when I was there. Like, I don't know Stalmer. if they have, I know they have smelts up there, I believe there's smelt, but I think there's also alawives in Champlain because they're in every great lake. So I wonder if that's why you see a general consensus of bigger fish chasing alewives because on all the Finger Lakes, the bigger ones are alewife eaters. But when you get up there in the grass, they become perch eaters. And I think the grass fish and the shallow fish stay there because there's so much perch in right. that grass. Perch, and, yeah. and they're all this big to this big. They're perfect eating size. Mm. So, I don't know. Interesting. So who wants to start off with their picks? You're going E to A? We can go E to A. All right. I can start if you want. Yeah. Um, e was a tough bucket to me. Looking at things, it was like, there's not, I mean, you have Josh Douglas, and then you have Alex Weatherall, which I don't know his experience on Champlain, but he's in Connecticut, so he's got to be fairly close to there. Um, I didn't find anything on Major League Fishing, but I might have uh, typed in the wrong last name with him but there's obviously uh in the opens they never go to champlain so uh i don't know his experience on airplane but he could have you know grew up who knows um but i i went with kj queen um he fit he finished 27th there last year you know i'm just thinking in my head through 
Bassmaster TV shows when he was on or on live on um, Oahu. Like, you know, just as someone who who seems to do well on smallmouth in he seems to always like if you look through his, his every year, he's cashing at least one check up north. And so uh, that was uh, my pick in in Buckety. I like it. I could see him going out there and scoping and getting after it. He's going to use that queen tackle tungsten head and probably mm-hmm. throw it in like a tube like he did at Hawaii and catch him completely different scoping compared to everyone else. Um, real fast, I'll throw Bailey's pick in. It's Josh Douglas in groupie, and then I'll let Brennan take the floor. Okay, Bucky D. Um, my fantasy season's not going so hot, so we got some ground to make up. So um, <laughs> now, now we're behind the eight ball, and we got to uh, change the strategy a little bit. So going to get a little risky in E. Um, Andy, we were talking backstage before the show started. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like Bradley Hallman is kind of a, a dark horse in this bucket. You know, he's an Oklahoma guy. Like, you wouldn't think that really translates up north. But um, I've been fa- following Bradley pretty closely the last year or two on social media um, and just kind of watched his attitude evolve towards some of these northern fisheries, um, kind of trend in a positive direction. So, um, I kind of, kind of think he's going to maybe lock a jig in his hand. I could see that, um, catching smallies or he could guy. be the guy that runs the tie just to flip grass and frog all day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I look for him to probably just keep it simple and look for things in his wheelhouse and the, the dust will settle where it may, but, um, I think he's a sneaky pick. So taking home. Yeah. The one thing I'd be worried about is like, I think he was on the elites though before when they used to go to Champlain. Cause I feel like from 2000, when was he on the elites last? Like 2007, eight, nine, right? 10 in that range. I feel like they went to Champlain every year back then. And back then you would win running to the gut and tie South to catch largemouth in the mix. So I wonder how much he has that still like ingrained. And he's like, I need to go down there and check all the stuff that I had in the past. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Could definitely play. So it'll be interesting. Boomer? I uh, I took Fouts. Just going to jump right in there. He's got a couple of pretty good finishes um, on Champlain. One in an open, I think. And then I think he did pretty good last year. I was trying to pull it up, and I'm kind of struggling with my – my geek squad's not working good. I usually can have a bunch of information up, but I'm failing you. I thought you just called but people that, on the phone and got insider info. I, I did. <laughs> I didn't. I'm just kidding. Uh, he he had a 17th in an open, and he had uh, he had a 17th in an open. <laughs> the other dude, I can't remember the other one I found. Anyways, but kind of taking some of his momentum off that last derby. He's pretty strong up north. He's a Tennessee guy, but he's a scoper. He's an offshore guy, so. He was technically born in Ohio, so he's probably fished a couple regional events there before he moved to Tennessee, right. too. I would assume. So, yeah, I think that was a, I think that was a pretty cool accomplishment for him to get in the top ten on St. Clair against those guys. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Against he's the got that twenty-one music. inch live scope screen on the bow of his boat, so like he should be able to see everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that too. Like I need that bad. 
<laughs> I, I think as we all age, it's something that we're all probably going to end up having on our boats just for the ability to see. So, dude, I, that's a myth. That's a what you get to our age right now, like your your late twenties to early thirties. I found this out at the eye doctor. That's like for the oh, most. Yeah, part, yeah your eyes stay like they go like, in what six year increments or something. Yeah, you might lose like ten percent over the next twenty years, but they stay like once you get to that like whatever your eye health is at that point, that's where it's gonna roughly be. Yeah, yeah, it's not I, my case. So. <laughs> yeah, I think the last I, four years I, I, I call doctors would say the same. <laughs> Yeah, not me. I might have degraded. And I'm the guy that's trying to get prescription bifocals in sunglasses. Like sunglasses. You just need to get some cocoons and throw them right over top. You're good. Just big ones. Yeah. Or I'll just have a screen like Fouts yeah. mounted on like a bar stool screwed to the floor and it's like right in front of me. Soon enough, dude, you're not gonna need to have you're not gonna have to look in the water. Like you're just gonna or I mean you will, but they'll be on your face already. And you're just going to be like, oh, there's one over there, 30 feet down, cast. Yeah. Could That's you imagine like the technology that is going to come out? So, Deegan, perfect. We got the three of you. We got Bailey's in. My pick is going to be Alex Weatherall, as I cannot talk here, because we're talking offline, me and Brennan, about it. It's something about guys that live from like Rochester, New York to Maine the three lakes that they cut their teeth on is like Champlain Candlewood in Connecticut and that Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. And they all yeah. kind of have distinct similarities to them. And Middletown Connecticut is basically like smack dab in the middle of the three. Okay. Lakes. So I'm sure Alex has spent a lot of time on Champlain and I'm counting on him to have a big finish here in bucket E for his rookie year. I'm, hoping that we can see like the emergence of Alex Weatherall on the elite series. Cause he's a really good fisherman. So let's hope he has a good event and I'm going to take him in group E. All right. Group D. Who'd we start Brennan, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Let me, let me fire away here. Uh, group D. So uh, I went with Keith Combs here. If you look into Keith Combs, uh, you don't have to look very far in his New York track record to know that it's pretty darn good. Um, he's always been, although he's a Texas guy, he's always been uh, kind of a natural up north and adapted uh, really quickly and, and really well. So um, lots of top 10s, lots of top 20s. I don't know other than a Malax win, maybe. Um, if he's notched a W up north, but um, either way, I look for him to have a pretty good event. So, series five and a series six balloon chartreuse striking crankbait coming at him. Yeah, and it's gonna blow. So, <laughs> yeah, they should eat it, right? Yeah, and I'm sure with the water being high, it might be a little dingier than normal too. For sure. Yeah. So, ah, I like that pick a lot, and he's been he's had a few tough years, but mm -hmm. I, you, you can never count a guy a grinder out in an event like this no doubt so the north is where it all swings so bailey's pick for group d to no surprise is he loves to ride the taku train so <laughs> bailey is taking taku in group d so deacon who'd, who'd you take here hey man dude like here's what i was just thinking about this i think and i love how ronnie moore loves like i mean sounded anyway he had a big big part of drain the lake or or that that game right but it sucks like teams south florida fishing 
is like red wine made the cut in all three northern tournaments. Here, let me put it up there. Uh, he's a steal at three percent, which is like you're right. It is an absolute steal at three percent. But it doesn't matter if I go pick Taku, who's at a sixty percent. There's no, you know what I mean. Unless you're really far down in the points, like I kind of wish there was like some sort of incentive to take like low percentage picks because at the end of the day, like Taku is at sixty percent, but I still have more confidence in Taku finishing higher. Now it could be like Alex Redwine's a stud and he's great up north, so uh, I hope he does really well. But Taku is uh, my pick in D. He's just too good yeah. at scoping, and you know he pre-practiced the crap out of that place. Well, here's the note. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, in general, that's a good observation. It would be cool, uh, maybe a hint uh, for Bassmaster. Like, if there was, like, a, a bank account or a value that you started with at right. the beginning of the year, like oh, fantasy dog. football, you know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Yeah, so, like, oh, you, you had to – yeah, you, you, you had to make smart decisions with your budget um, throughout the course of the season. It's a lot more strategy that way. It would be cool. Agreed. Yeah, like yep. make the points worth more if you take a two percenter mm-hmm. that just cranks on them. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, if you're going to go that that route of taking like a low percentage guy, another guy in this bucket, and that's not my pick, but I'm just going to talk about it real fast. That always does well at Champlain, and he always catches them on top waters. Kobe Krieger. I think the last time they were there, he finished like eight, seventh or eighth, throwing a spook for four days up at Rouse's Point, and he caught. A mixed bag every day, throwing a spook in like five foot of water. Dude, that you want to talk so about one of, of him, the dude. most exhausting bites of all time? <laughs> Go throw a spook for four days straight. And spook and a jerk bait, make that your one-two combo. Tell me you how you're done at the end, end of the day, and your arms are just like levitating. <laughs> you can't even help it. You're just like, <laughs> oh man! I'll tell you this for real fast, Brent. I've been on like a spook jerk bait bite on the Niagara here by my house. After like four hours, I'm like, I pick up a swim bait because I'm like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, because I'm just shot. Now I have a guide trip tomorrow, and it's gonna be like low clouds and rainy and very little wind. We're gonna go throw topwater all day for Great Lakes smallmouth. I can't wait, dude. I've got a tournament coming up in two weekends, and they're already saying it's gonna be over 100 degrees, and they're gonna be on points, and it's gonna be spooks and flukes, and I'm already like. And start eating not looking forward to it. Yeah, like I'm already I'm already like getting in shape for it, you know, just conditioning, just preparing cast all day at work, practicing. But oh, it's man. gonna be hot. It's fantastic. All right, Boomer, who do you got? Uh, I got the I I got smallmouth Disneyland. I got Taku. His boat is smallmouth like Disneyland, so it is. I mean, I don't know how you can't. He bailed me out of the last tournament. He's a scoper. He loves it up there. It's tough for me. And I actually, like, I'm going down this list going, yeah, I think this is a strong second place. And, and I can't find one. I, I think Pipkins is a dark horse a little bit. I think he's mad about last week, uh, especially with the amount of work he put into last week. But uh, yeah. say, sorry, it's, St. Clair. His Lake Erie fish let him down. I think he was, I, like, I, one of the yeah. few guys that ran to Erie, and they just disappeared on him. One thing about Taku that I don't think people really talk about too is like, although he's not from America and you'd think he's newer and maybe not familiar with these places, like you, you better believe his work ethic and like his motivation. He's pre-practicing at every single one of these bodies of water, typically for quite a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've heard he literally does nothing but fish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like super honorable to his family. It's all about working extremely hard, knowing that he's away from them. So he puts every ounce of it into 
pre-practicing. So, and he's getting like, like relatively new information on these bodies of water, not, you know, information from a guide from 15 years ago in some cases for some anglers. Yeah. Just being honest. (sighs) Brutal. Is what it is though. It's the way of the past and it kind of continues to roll on behind closed doors, but that's a different topic for another day. For uh, Group D, I'm taking a dark horse here and somebody who always does well at Champlain and he's a big winder. I'm taking David Mullins. Mm -hmm. He's due for a big turnaround. He always does well at Champlain, I feel like. I think he's been in the top 10 the last two times they've been there, throwing a deep diving crankbait somewhere, Rouse's Point North on the Plattsburgh side. So he's not going to have a terribly bad run if that's where he goes again. So that's who I'm taking in Group D. I just treble hooks and smallmouth scare me, but it's a great way to get him fired up too. Didn't he have that tournament won technically, and because of the treble hooks, he didn't win? Yeah, I was say so. yeah. That's yeah, he, I'm pretty sure the year that Polinick won, he had it probably won too. I think yeah. I think that was the event where he basically had it won as well, just lost him. Yeah, it's terrifying, uh, but it's fun. Yeah, Rick Rick. Said it one time. I read it in an article and I wrote it down. When the water goes over sixty degrees, smallmouth caught on a treble hook, your landing percentage falls under fifty percent because their mouths get so soft and they have so much energy. I one hundred percent believe if it's not fifty percent, it's sixty. But it ain't much more. I think you have a really hard time landing them. Yeah, their mouths get so soft and they're so strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I man, I think it. I. I, I guess it, it really depends on the treble hook bait for me. I feel like they throw a crankbait better than they throw. Like, I, I feel like Boomer, the tournament we fished last year up on, uh, on Coeur d'Alene and on uh, Pond Array, right? We caught a pile of fish on a jerk bait and we lost some, but it was like 80 ish, I would say. Like, it was, it was better than I had anticipated, but we yeah. had it dialed. Right. But like, I, I agree with that. those fish are different too up there because I think their mouths are built different the way they're eating things. But well, and I think it's a bait that uh, they can come from the front of where a right. lot of times with the, like a rattle trap or a crankbait, they have to come from behind. Those are the ones I think they always get yes. back exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's definitely. But like a top water. I still throw top water for small mouth in the yeah. heat of the sun. You know what I mean? Cause right. they generally, when they get it, they're screwed. They got one in the back of their ear and one in their <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got three troubles. Like, or it's like, like a little the spot is three troubles on the top water. It has rumor. I hope my fish way nicer than that. Mine are always really <laughs> delicately hooked. You're a bad person for hooking them like that. I got an A rig with troubles on the back of it. <laughs> you conventional bad. Just to be mean. <laughs> yeah, just. Yeah, especially with small. Wow. Uh, that's uh, good. Good, good stuff, guys. Yeah, Bailey's gonna shut us off of any minute. He's gonna wake up and be like, "Oh my god, just shut the whole thing up." <laughs> canceled. They're all canceled. All right, Group C, Brennan. Dude, Group C, plain and simple. Next two tournaments, I'm going Paul Mueller. Well, wherever Paul ends up after this one, whether he's in A, B, D, or E, I'm, I'm going Paul. The next two. Um, Paul Mueller always has one giant tournament every year. He hasn't had that one yet, yeah. and it's probably going to happen at the next one. Got a top for 10 sure. already. So yeah. I mean, he'll have a good one at the next one, like 99.9% sure. But I think he's going to have a good one here too. 
Uh, he's a Candlewood guy, um, very familiar with this lake, um, can do it all. And he's a live scope guru too, absolute nut. So I look for Paul to have a great tournament. I like it. That's Bailey's good. pick real fast for group C was Gussie. He's going with the scoping man with the Demiki rig out deep. So that'll be interesting to see if they'll eat his five inch smeltinator jig head with uh, what is, I can't think of the Z man bait that he uses off the top of my head at the moment, Z- but and, uh, this is not street, not the streaks, whatever their five inch bait is, but I mean, they'll eat it. I just don't eat it. Yeah. If it's sauced and bait fuel, they will. <laughs> just absolutely sauced. Drain. Loaded up. Loaded up. Yep. Just uh, the engineer in me water. cannot get it's over the fact that it's underwater in bait fuel. <laughs> I can't get over the fact that it's water soluble. Like, like in my brain, cannot fix that. Like, well, when it goes in the water, it's gonna come <laughs> off. <laughs> that kills me. I can't get through that. Like. Well, how long is it going to stay on there? <laughs> it's water soluble. Dude, it's, it's marketing, you know? Yeah, I, it's not science, it's marketing. I, okay, moving on. We're getting <laughs> no, this is good. This is good. <laughs> but I just, oh, it no. pisses me off to all to no end. I'm like, all right, the best way to do it is to get a syringe and go down the middle of the bait and fill it in so it's like leaching out the sides because if you just rub it on there, it's going to come off. It's water soluble. It's like, yeah. It's funny, though, that you say that, like, I've I've put bait fuel on like the elastic to Strike King and I put it on Z-Man and Z-Man it does weird stuff to it but the Strike King version which is the same proprietary plastic it like doesn't make the bait swell up or get bigger it kind of like bubbles and becomes like porous out the side of it it's really weird what does that mean what's the difference there yeah the plastic guy. not the same thing they're both tp they're both tpe plastics yeah which is which is the elastic it's it's called the tpe plastisol okay you want to mess up a bag of baits pour some of that in a yamamoto bag or or any regular plastisol <laughs> plastic and it'll screw it all up for sure yeah. you can't within a half an hour you can't see through the bag you know what i mean like what was this <laughs> like, <laughs> right. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, have, you, right. have you ever had like a, a bag of Senkos get uh, get a little bit like leave it out in the rain or something? It's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they get like all salty and they like yeah. crumble. And they get big though. They get big and salty yeah. and then they're just like, holy cow. Yeah. And then even softer, they disintegrate faster than normal, which is insanely fast. You cast nine off instead of six off per day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wow, we're just roasting everybody. Who's next? I know, like, dude, I, I'm not what roasting who, all who else? So thousands. thousands I mean, stupid I'm going to stay quiet this episode because of the big roast that I did a few back on a, on a fantasy fishing show. Multiple that, times. That Andy. was the best one. Every time. Yeah, and he lost, lost a couple sponsors. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. And I've been tempted to go and like buy them again and try them, but I – I pick them up. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> You're making it worse, dude. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, this I mean, is good. I like this because this stuff doesn't get talked about. But I got a question for you guys. Sure. On on this trend, um, I really like the Polynix special from a drop shot and a Neko rig and a Sanko Wacky Rig Sanko hook. The the um, BMC ones. 
right? Like those VMC ones. I really yeah. like that specific hook for, for those purposes. It's a good hook. The red line ones, the new whatever, you know, fancy ones they're making with the that coating and, and that whatever. I think I like them the same, but I haven't put much time behind them. But I found one that had a little bit of rust on it after just a little bit. And I was like, huh. But have you guys used any of those at all? The, the new BMC red Redline hooks. You know, my I, issue I with those are too expensive. I <laughs> haven't myself, but I use a lot of the nano coated hooks, like a lot of Japanese stuff, dude. Like Ryugi's, you name right. it. From, yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from like giant quad trebles, you know, for glide baits, like eight ounce, you know, ten inch glide baits to little tiny Nico drop shot hooks, you know, whatever. Um, one thing I've noticed with those is like they, they do rust pretty easily. Oh, okay. and they, it like it'll rust like fairly intense. And I'm not talking about BMC Redline. I'm just talking right. about in That's general right. these nano coated hooks. They're slippery smooth, and you know they're great. But like they, they will rust. Okay. Quick. And the other thing I found with them too is if you remove them too fast out of a fish with pliers, and you go to do it again the next time, they just break. I've broken so many recently. Just snap in half on me. Like pulling them out of fish. I'm like, interesting. Yeah. Like tiny, like little ones? Like Yeah, little like foods. the little ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, oh, come on. I've actually, two tournaments ago on like a Wednesday night series, I set the hook into a fish after I removed the hook out of fish with pliers. And literally, I came back with a half a hook. You got too strong of hands, Andy. Yeah, spinning rod with six yeah. pound test. My drag spins if I reel. <laughs> 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 all right fair point but i mean yeah. on your, i mean i'm talking about on your pliers like maybe oh, yeah. like, you know what i mean you're, you're i got to a yeah, point where like the grip bro i don't even use pliers on them like i stopped doing it. now i use split ring pliers just so i can like push on them <laughs> instead of like twisting because <laughs> i'm afraid i'll break them <laughs> just manhandling it's like you need a new yeah. hook what hook is that by the way <laughs> uh the ichikawa ct5 Okay. And Ryugi oh. Fog Shot, they've both been breaking on me. Oh, but, wow. So what's yeah. your new – being? The, he's my, you're my guy when it comes to drop shot. Like Those are still those the hooks? only two drop shot hooks you need. Just still, even though you keep breaking them. Yeah, with players. Don't use players on them. Okay, fingers only. <laughs> yeah, fingers only. Or split ring players. Something real little. <laughs> but, yeah, those are the only two hooks I'll use. The CT5 in size 2, 3, and 4. In the fog shot in the same size, depending on what bait you're using. And I've actually found recently the smaller the hook I use, the higher my land percentage has gone up. Right. Yeah. You want to know why? Because it's just getting buried and they can't shake it. And no. Pull. All right, engineer. Well, let's hear it. Brandon showed me one time because we were using size fours and uh, it goes into the skin and then pins. It doesn't ever, it can't, it always goes past the barb. Yeah. That's the better way to say it. It always goes past the barb into the skin and it's, it hooks itself in there because it's so small that the eye sticks in there and the barb can't come out. No matter what they do, they can't pull it. He was showing me that like years ago. Yeah. And he was also big about the coating. He said, if you get coated hooks, make sure that they design the hook for the coating. Because if you just take a hook that's a good hook and then coat it, you kill the barb. The coating gets rid of the gap in the barb. A lot of these guys are coming, these companies are coming out with hooks that you actually design the hook to allow for the coating because you're going to get rid of that, that barb gap. Yeah. And, and that, I will only, I only drop shot with a four. Like if I open nose or a nose hook, if I can get away the four, I'll always throw it because it'll get stuck in their skin. They can't, they can't throw it. Yeah. 
Yeah, my my big size that I really like is the size three because it's so versatile with like the size base that I can run on it. But fours, I did find when I throw in a four, I do get way more fish in the boat, but I break a lot more of them too with players. Mm. So three is like my happy spot. <laughs> but like that's my drop like, shots are fast and fun though. So yeah. who cares if you break hooks, you know? Now that leads us into like an interesting thing. And I'm going to throw, I'm not throwing shade at this hook because it's an awesome <laughs> drop shot hook. But the, you're talking about the barb and how they manufactured hooks or just coated hooks, right? The Gamakatsu G Finesse has the tiniest little barb you'll ever see on a nano coated drop shot hook. And I loved them like five, six years ago when I started getting really efficient with the drop shot. And then I started losing literally like every fish I hooked. And I figured it was because of that barb. And then as soon as I found the fog shots, I stopped losing them. Yeah, that's that was my, one of those hooks that I think they added coating yeah. to. Perfect design, why change it? But the coating's just right. too much, or something. I don't know. I, well, that's I my, love those hooks that when they're not coated, like that. Those are I, I or those are my probably most of the time drop shot. But here's the weird thing: take like the original split shot drop shot hook and put yeah, it next cool. to the G finesse hook, and they're two entirely different hooks. Yeah, I've, hmm. I've never done well with the yeah. G finesse in any capacity. Any of you, even. Do you remember when like? the owner mosquito was the drop shot hook to have not that yeah. long ago. It yeah. is crazy. Like it, it hasn't been that long that we've come a long way with last drop shot hooks, dude. Now. Like the last the mosquito hook's decent, years. but you, you better have that drag cinch and you better pop that fish. So, cause it's so thick, but the mosquito light is good. It's just so thin. The mosquito light down. is. Yeah. I've got that is the mosquito light is the Shasta Nico rig hook. That is the, it gets them good. It's a great hook. It just flexes out way too fast, in my opinion. Because you got so much muscle and you pull so hard. <laughs> I got little fun. arms. I got little <laughs> arms. I stopped weightlifting a few years ago. But we should uh, get off this tangent and continue. The lure lab. <laughs> yeah. The lure lab. <laughs> we're, so deep, we're deep in, we're the, deep in the drop shot hooks because we're in a drop shot tournament. So we got – did we do Bailey's pick? Yeah, Gussie. Nah, who cares? Who's next? Boomer. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, where are we at? Sorry. C. We're on E, right? C, C, Corey Johnson. Corey Johnson is fishing downhill. He started in the middle of the pack, middle of the year. He had a bad beginning to St. Clair, and he went from 68 to 25 is fishing downhill. I think the rest of the season for him is going to be strong. Well, they are. I mean, he's also 30%, so I'm kind of – but Thank it's you. hard to take. Yeah. I, I like a guy that starts bad and then – just he's just grind downhill grind. I like it. Good I like it. Yeah, I had uh Gussie. Gussie, man. I really don't pick Gussie enough for how well he does often. And um man, I just I just can see him out there scoping fish and doing just fine. Relaxed is 20, all good. Yeah, 22nd in the points too. He's hard to ignore. Yeah, I mean, if Bart was still here, we know who he would be taking in this event. It would probably be Austin Felix. Literally. But um, we're not going to take – I, I actually thought about taking Felix because he's been very quiet this year. He had, I think he had a decent event at St. Clair with the whole debacle boat issue he had. But um, I'm taking a local guy here. I, I tend to stay away from Jamie Hartman because he's very unpredictable, but Champlain is one of those lakes that he always shows up at and has a really good event. So I'm going to pick Jamie Hartman to finish in the top 10 in Group C. 
if, it, if he didn't have uh, battery issues, I think it was the last time they were here two times ago, he probably would have won on the Carolina rig. He was catching some big smallies. He does love doing that. Yeah. That is a dark horse. I would have never thought of that one. Do you guys, do you guys find yourself – I used to, I feel like, this weekend I was practicing for a tournament here on uh, CJ Strike, getting all, all these new lakes here that I've never been to in southern Idaho or central southern Idaho. And so um, it like fish are out or the, the in my opinion, the bigger smallmouth are out right now. And normally I'd be picking up like a drop shot, Ned rig or a heavy Ned, a Carolina rig, jig, small jig or a tube, right? But I found myself just with how much scope has played for me the last two years, like I don't want to pick up a Carolina rig. Like, yeah. I didn't even tie one on. Like, and there's the, the stuff I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, this is money. But I just, I find myself picking stuff that I can like drop on their head always. And, and it's just, it has changed it. But it like, it's like, do you feel like it'll still play in an event like this where someone will pick up a Carolina rig? Dude, I feel yeah. like, a, I, sorry. I, I mean, I guess I feel like at this point too, like there's just anglers that, like have evolved with forward facing sonar and up to the point where they're going to almost like force them to eat up if they can, you know what I right. mean? Right. Or, they, or they will push that so hard until they have to fish down. Mm. You know what I mean? So like y- you can cover water and make fish eat up and just keep moving, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And that's why I feel like this event is with the higher water. I feel like you're going to see a lot more fish feeding. You're going to have your guys that are way offshore but I think you're going to have guys that do really well because when the water comes up, the other thing that happens is the thermocline comes up and it pushes more fish in usually. And it's getting to that time of year where you're going to start seeing thermocline start sneaking up. And I'm pretty sure Champlain is one of those lakes that does have a thermocline on it. So, and I'm sure it's starting to creep up pretty quick. Hmm. That's interesting knowledge. That's a, that's yeah. a good yeah. You'd think it would blow off the thermocline you know kind of just mix it all up but just depends on how it came in if it came in a river system if it came in a bunch of runoff yeah yeah so like and i'm just going off of like the great lakes like what i know about the great lakes and champlain kind of sets up it's similar but it's not similar because it's a lot shallower but i mean even when we get a big blow what happens is the thermocline it will push it into the bank and push everything super shallow, and then it'll slowly settle back out deep. So what happens is that the lake turns over, it makes everything flood the banks anyways because the cooler water pushes shallow. So all the bait fish go shallow, all the perch go shallow, so all the fish have to follow all that shallow. And that's like a lot of salmon fishermen know that information they pay attention to when the lake flips because that's when it pulls that thermocline shallow and it brings everything in and you have a shot of catching like a 30 40 pound king salmon at night because the lake flips and then as it starts to settle all the small mouth and the large mouth and the pike will show up like a day or two later and then just slowly trickle back out to the deep so it's very interesting i don't know i've never been to champlain but i'm sure in my knowledge of thermoclines, it's kind of similar. I'm thinking, hopefully, Dude, I'm not wrong. But with how close you are, you need to get up there. It's not that close. It's not that close. Eight eight and a half hours for me to Plattsburgh. That's farther than I thought. I guess yeah. I didn't fly in yet. Yeah, but yeah. To, for me to get to Clayton, it's five. Right. 
I felt like it was okay. Maybe you're in a different. I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. It's like was I think it's like five hundred. No, I don't know how many miles. I think it's like three hundred and thirty miles to Plattsburgh or something. Ridiculous. You poor thing. Ask ask Boomer and I about driving. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you guys can keep it's, doing. It's yeah, it's, it's four hours to the grocery store, Andy. <laughs> You can keep it. <laughs> yeah. Got to pack gas just to go to the grocery store. All right. Back on topic. Group B. <laughs> Brennan. Group B. Brennan. Okay. Um, I went Pat Schlopper here. Like I said, I got ground to make up. Um, he's 0.8% owned. He's a northern guy, uh, grass, you know, oriented angler, and he's a good dude. So I'm going Pat Schlopper. So good dude fact. He's just a good dude, Ooh. which is icing on good, the cake. Good, and it's good it's dude the, catches him. Yeah, it's the juju yeah. that I need. So I like it. Deacon. B man. I am I go back and forth like on the Johnstons and which one and that kind of a thing. But I, I went with uh I went with Chris and in, in Bucket D. And I'll like probably it. pick him again on the St. Lawrence or one of them for sure. It's probably smart. Bailey has taken fighter because I feel like every time they go to Champlain since he's been on the elite, he's been in the top 10. Dude, so. he, oh, the videos of fighter on, on Champlain are just forever live in my head. Like the same oh. one of those things, just over and over in the same spots. Like he, he just. <laughs> That's <laughs> Northern fisheries, man. Like nothing changes hardly ever. They might move like 15 feet North, South, East or West. Right. But those fish just live in the same areas. And if you know, like, if you got a couple honey ho- holes, um, usually it stays the same year over year. It's kind of it's ridiculous. Wild to me, yeah, dude. Nothing changes. Boomer. Uh, I just want to start by saying that this group sucked. This is the biggest group of super versatile grinders that have like it could be any one of these cats. And right. and I I honestly believe if there's a somebody that should win this tournament, it'll come out of this group and not out of A. That's my belief. But I grabbed Cooper. I think uh, Dude, I think his last tournament was good. I think he's got some blood in his eyes. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I yeah. think he's got a little bit of everything going for him. And anyways, he was a pretty high pick. He was eleven percent. But I watched a little bit of a couple of his interviews after that Claire event. I just think, like I said, I think he's fishing downhill too. Yeah. But like, how do you not take Brock Mosley or? Schlapper, like that's a tough one. Schlapper saved me in the last one. Chris Johnson, Car- I can only yeah. might have the most experience on Champlain out of anyone in yeah. the series. I think it was Champlain that qualified him for the elites. It was an open on Champlain. It was like his yeah. last one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a crappy group. Anyways, yeah, it is what it that's is. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm taking fighter with Bailey. I mean, I. There's just something about Seth and Grass Lakes that have largemouth and smallmouth that he does well. Cayuga, Champlain. So it's it's hard not to take him. So it's like home for him. It's home. Seriously. It's like Minnetonka in the Northeast. It's like home. He'll be just fine. Yep. So, all right. Group A, Brennan. Group A, plain and simple. I went Brian Schmidt. Um Dude, I, I don't really have much to say. I mean, look at his track record here. And I, we were talking about this backstage, Andrew and I. Um, you know, I, I think I had picked him for the Mississippi River event last year, too, and he had an FLW win. 
Um, and he was able to follow it up with a Mississippi River win uh, last year, too. So I'm hoping he can uh, keep the streak alive of keeping streaks alive and winning events like he yeah. should. So. And now I could be wrong here, but doesn't he have like an FLW win, an open win, and an Elite Series win on Champlain? Uh, I know he's got an Elite Series win, and I'm 90% sure he's got an FLW win. I don't and, know about an open. And win. I know, and I'm pretty sure he won an open as well. Okay, I know he's got an, a fantastic track record here. So, I, I mean, dude, he's going to sniff out any grass bite that's going on. Like, and I know it's going to be going on, but he's going to find the best of it. Yeah. He's way too good in the grass to not find what's there. Love it somewhere. Dead, deadliest on the East Coast, man, out mm-hmm. there ever. Yeah, like he's dude. just one of the. He just he, you can't beat him on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he found he found a tiny nugget on the Mississippi River in in some grass, you know, right? Like something that nobody would have ever done to win that tournament, and, and he did it. So he'll find it. It's fantastic. So um, Bailey went right with you and took Schmidt as well, and I think it's it's such a good pick. You, it's hard to bet against him, Deacon. For real. Yeah, we're all talking this, and and I I had him clicked, and I took him off. So I I'm I'm going just a straight gut pick on someone who just had an 11th place finish uh, on St. Clair. And that was fairly expected, but for being how good he is in after his, you know, in his second rookie season, but Jay Shakira, mm-hmm. I'm going in a, I think small. Knows small mouth so well. And he's another one that's like, depending on where he ends in which bucket, probably going to pick him on the St. Lawrence, right? Like I said, it's just, but, but just someone for me that I don't know how much experience he has there. And um, what's crazy is he didn't have any, like, like you're saying, we're talking about all this, like how Northern fisheries, like I've always thought to myself, if, if you're ever going to make a run at it, like you need to spend every summer just up, up North because rocks don't move. Right. And like finding, finding stuff that you're going to use for the rest of your career. But like, dude, it was like what his third time, third day ever being on the St. Lawrence when he won. Like, that's just, that's insane to me. Like he yeah. just hadn't spent any time there before. And it's such an incredible place and massive. Right. And he can go and win because he knows smallmouth. Like that's uh that's kind of why I went with him. Jay's a great pick here because he could walk out of his house right now, pick up a rock out of his driveway, throw it, and it would hit a lake just like Lake Champlain. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, you know, his part of the country and, uh, right. you know, mid central Northern Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, great choice. Plus the dudes, I mean, he grew up on great lakes, so he's fishing well, like mm-hmm. this is, uh, he's, he's obviously, if you haven't noticed he's in bucket a here, he's, he's here to stay in the elite series for a very long time. Yeah. He's no not question. going anywhere. Boomer. Uh, lame ass Polinick. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. I'll just say it. Like, I feel like in Group A, there's a couple wild cards that you can choose from, but it's always Schmidt, Polnick, Fighter. It seems like as a three that are duking it out for one, two, three. So, yeah. Well, and say that, he's super- Polnick Lap Derby, 45th, man. <laughs> I know, but he's super. St. Clair is one of those places. It's just not bad, right? But in Bucket A, it's not good. St. Clair is one of those places that you're. You could catch 19 pounds a day and finish 50th. Champlain, it's if you catch 19 pounds a day, you're in the top 10. And I feel like that sets up to a strength. Also, so. just the diversity of like that typical, like we were talking that yeah. that cerebral part of your brain or where it's like, hey, go hit that largemouth spot. Or like, oh, you know, I'm going to flip for largemouth for 30 minutes right on this little stretch. And then you catch a five pounder and it 
you know, like those little then, decisions he makes. And I think he, that's he what helps Fighter and Polinic here is because they always have a mixed bag, and so does Schmidt. Always, yeah, yeah. But Brandon is that kind of fisherman. He's like, oh, there's a there's a stick over there, and oh, there's a rock over there, and then you put him on a fishery like uh, St. Clair, where it's a casting competition. He doesn't always do very well in those. So you know what I mean? He needs to kind of look over and see that. You know, and the Schmitz are opposite. That dude wow. sees a grass bed, and he just sees, hey, I'm covered for an hour. I'll find him in here somewhere. Where Polinick is more of like, hey, there's a dock over there and a boat ramp over here. And and he'll fish all five of those things. I mean, how many different ways did he fish? Oops, I just hit my thing. How many different ways did he fish the back of beeswax? I mean, it was oh, incredible. Gosh. One that's, second he had a drop shot. he is. And then yeah. in front of frog. Yeah. Or like think about, um, what's the other one? Uh, his win on Santee. Like, I mean, that's it. that was it. Like, he'd be up shallow, and then he'd be on a brush pile. He'd be up yeah. doing this, and then he'd go jerk bait a pile. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just always going going back and forth. It's like controlled chaos, fishing with an open mind, but you know exactly what you're doing. It's crazy. Yeah, he told me one time that he's got a severe case of what's around the next corner. <laughs> like, it's totally, and that's the way he is about it. He's yeah. like, you know, I wonder. But as a fisherman, that makes you, like, so dangerous because – all it takes is a check 75 different things in one day. And if you get five bites, if you hit five of the right things on that day and you get the five bites that you need, they're going to be big because you're just That's running nice. different stuff than everyone else. It's the Brian Thrift theory, right? Yeah. Make 100 decisions today, you just got to make five five good ones. Yep. Yep. The hardest part for most anglers is making the 100. We want to get comfortable. We make a good decision to catch a fish. We want to quit making decisions and just do that. For half an hour, Brian, Brian Thrift said one time, he goes, every time I catch one after a decision, like five minutes into that decision, it's always like 45 minutes before I realize, man, I haven't caught a fish since I made that. You know what I mean? Like, you know how you catch one, you move over and you catch one, you're like, oh, this is the thing to do. And an hour later, you're like, that wasn't the thing to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> you I think he's got a little, he's got like a timer. Like, bing, it goes off 15 minutes later, he's gone. But I yeah. think what he's doing is he's making 100 decisions. I think it's hard to do in a day. Anyways. Yeah, I, I enjoy fishing that way. Like for Great Lakes smallmouth fishing, I've almost turned into that type of fisherman where I need to run as much stuff as I need because everyone has forward facing now, right? Like everyone can scope them on boulders, and I put it right in my brain every day that I go out and fish a tournament. I'm like, I am running 75 to 120 rock piles and boulders today because I only need five fish to bite, and they just have to be the five right ones. But if I can run enough rock, I'm eventually going to get five big bites. And I won't throw at a boulder 30, 40 times. I make two casts and I'm gone. Because they're smallmouth. They're going to eat or they're not going to eat. So it's my opinion on it. And it's worked somewhat okay this year. Last year it was better, but this year it's worked okay. So wait, Brennan. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. going to take the win. I went 74-7. Ooh. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's light. Mm hmm Even after hearing uh, Brian's prediction, the 17, for a check is what he said. Yeah, I went 74-7. I'm going on the light side, yeah. But you're saying eight, like 18 and a half a day. I think that's 18 and some change. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm I, not I, could, I, I don't think like I'm severely undershooting it, but I'm low. Yeah, I'm at eighty-two five. I'm not behind, too far behind you. 
I mean, I see some big days, but there's a with the wind and everything. There's a 16, 17 pound day for the winner, maybe. You know what I mean? And then he has a comeback couple days. Mm-hmm. Deacon, man, I'm I'm fairly high compared to that. I'm I'm at a seventy nine fifteen, just under eighty. Hmm. Bailey's at ninety pounds, twelve ounces. Gosh. He says he's catching giants every day, and it's going to take like was that almost twenty two and a half, roughly, right? Like I think that's the way that math would add up. Eight pounds always on frogs for that. Yeah, it's just going to be the best covered you've ever seen. If somebody catches a frog smallmouth during this event because the water is high. It could happen. I will lose my mind. It would be the cool. And if they get it on live, it'll be the coolest thing ever. Like what? I think the last time we saw a brownfish eat a frog was Lake Havasu and Edwin Evers caught it. If I remember correctly. Like way up the river. I don't so, remember. Yeah. And that was forever ago. So I'm. I'm right around 83. I'm going to put it in now. I had 86. So I'm dropping it a little bit because I forgot about the high water. So I'm going to go 83.10. Because I think still you're going to catch – somebody's going to have a day where they just get on a giant bag of smallmouth and they're catch like 21 and a half to 23 pounds. But in that, they'll have like four above average smallmouth, four Champlain, and then they'll have like a five to six pound kicker largemouth like You've seen Fighter do. You've seen Brandon do it. You've seen Schmidt do it. Like I feel like that's what's going to take to win. Who has both patterns and who can survive the wind longest and have a, the best largemouth plan up north is going to win this event. All right, we want to run through drain the lake real fast, and then we'll call it an evening. Sounds bueno. All right. So real fast, I'll kind of run through Bailey's real quick. He has De Palma, Fighter, uh, Fujita, Kamara, Schmidt, Shryock, Weatherall, and Hartman. And then Brennan, go ahead. All right, I got Brian Schmidt, Alex Weatherall, Seth Fighter, Greg De Palma, Jacob Faust, Jeff Gustafson, Jamie Hartman, and Keith Combs. I think that's a good team, boys. I'm pretty happy with that. Deacon, if I don't, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, real fast. Say what you're going to say. If if I don't get, if I don't do well in this one, I just give up. But I got (laughs) Airy, Martin, Polinick, Smith, Bryant, Smith, Mosley, Cruz, Felix, and Gustafson. Make sure you hit. That's got to have some points in it. Yeah, agreed. Deacon, all right. I've got Zeldane, Weatherall, Hartman, Gussie. Vegito, Fighter, Schmidt, and Ed Lofren, guys. Oh, good pick. Great pick. Great. Great. I was thinking about him on after after, of course, he did all our picks, then went over to uh um Drain the Lake. And I was like, crap, he's done well there a bunch. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is another one of those like East Coasters, right? Like they just yeah. that's where their championships are. That's where they're just a big event. He's a flipper, swim jigger. Yeah. It's like if you get somebody from Maryland, Virginia area, they always do well at Champlain, like a Parasnik as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, I have – go ahead, Deegan. Sorry. No, I just said that's another person we're, yeah. we haven't really talked about. So I have Safuentes. I have Felix. I'm going to put him in here as I'm doing it so I don't forget to hit save. And pull a Bailey. I also have Hartman in my drain the lake. I have Paul Mueller. 
Polinick, Schmidt, Prosnick, and Schlapper. That's who I'm going to take for Drain the Lake. I'm just glad finally in Drain the Lake we're to the point where like been saving all these northern guys the entire year, and it's like, yes, now you're <laughs> yeah. good. Like, like, yeah. Go, 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 go. Yeah, and part of my thought process too is like, okay, who can I put in here that's not going to kill me for uh, what you would call it, for Champlain, not Champlain, but for the St. Lawrence, St. Lawrence. Yeah, you use up the Johnstons right here, Andy. Just <laughs> yeah, turn them both. Oh, I'm not use I'm them not up. That yeah, bad. use them yeah. both at the same time right here. I would. Yeah, perfect. Definitely don't use them for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're already in saved. So I can give you more advice if you can't learn. wait to see the percentage on those two at the next one. Yeah, yeah, 90. That, that advice was free, you don't have to uh, pay for it. No, it's good advice. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime, buddy. So, what real fast, what happened to Bernie Schultz? Uh, he separated his bicep muscle lifting a TV, I believe. Ooh. yeah, that's a t- that that's a TV that most bass fishermen can't afford. Must have been an old unless TV. It, unless it was an old one. Yeah, I was going to say it was old, man. The new ones are so light. Right. <laughs> Let's get you a more modern TV, Bernie. Come on, bud. Ooh, he's too busy spending his summers at the St. Lawrence, right? He could have bought a new TV if he could have fished the uh, St. Lawrence. He probably would have cashed a check. Right. Dang. Every year he yeah, he does get up there. I, I was holding out for him, I think, as well for – Drain mm-hmm. the lake, but that's yeah, me too. There's enough hammers that get you. Say, at least you can pick more people and drain the lake. Like it's not yeah. like it. Yeah. Fair point. Well, there's so, only one Bernie. There is only one Bernie. He's gone. <laughs> the burn. The burn. So, any other things you guys want to hit on here before we wrap it up for the evening? Can't wait to watch it go down, man. I'm okay. Wait, one last question. Do you think? I, I didn't hear 100% your first wind forecast. I know that people are saying it's going to blow, but it sounds like the consistent isn't horrible. But is there any chance, I mean, some northern fishery, like it gets big anyways, is there any chance in today's age there's going to be any sort of delay or non cancellation? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, do they go straight to the St. Lawrence next week? Or is it No, they're, it's uh, a week off, isn't there? 2020. Uh, it is remember. August 24th through 27th, so it's it's back-to-back. All right, so I'm looking at the Sailflow app right now. Um, it's not going to blow Thursday until the afternoon, like 2 o'clock on. Okay. Like, so go. Hold on. 8 a.m. on Thursday, the light blue of her Champlain, like, that's going to be glass at 8 a.m. And then at 2 p.m., is going to be gassing, like gassing. 20s. Yeah, bud. <laughs> and then that, Friday, go ahead. That app is only accurate about 20 minutes before well, the actual no, time. Dude, dude, I disagree. Windfinder Wind has been successful. Oh Windfinder Wind Plus, Find- you pay for, is I, I especially looking at it. I, I, I trust this more than I trust like my local weather. It's 100%. I trust that more than anything else. Like I've, I, I, I use Windy app and it works just fine. Windy's decent. Like, yeah. sat, for instance, Sunday, I just we like had to be able to see, like, okay, if I have spawners in this cove, is, are they going to be affected? Like, yeah. that's what's nice about the wind finders. It shows on the lake where it's blowing. So it, it's funny for the Douglas. So that's Windfinder Plus? 
Yeah. Oh, I'm just using the free one, and it's and it's good. The plus so. one though, dude, is ten dollars a year, and it oh. and it just makes it so you can scroll. It, it adds a couple of the details, but oh, I like that. I'm gonna have to pay for that. But a couple weeks ago, when we won that Douglas Derby, they're like, "Yeah, it's gonna be flat, calm out there all day." I'm like, nine o'clock, it's gonna blow." And they're like, "No, the forecast says like right. three to eight miles an hour southwest." I'm like, "You guys are for a white like a rude awakening." You guys are like, "Yeah, I'm running to Dunkirk, which is like 50 miles down the lake." Another team ran like to Point Maitland, which is like 50 miles down the Canadian shoreline. I'm like, you guys are gonna have a hell of a time getting back. And I, my entire game plan because of the wind was to fish right in front of Buffalo. I maybe went like four miles most, and by 10 a.m. there was four footers even though the wind forecast had one footer left i was like, you know, like the reason i trust it so much too is because a lot of these lakes aren't next to like where actually a city is like doing a forecast yeah. and that kind of a thing you know what i mean like you might be 90 miles away from where the people are talking about the weather is so it's like nice to look like on this dot. I, I, I got a good story because i was on lake mead and if you guys have ever heard about lake mead well that's yeah, doesn't, that that stuff doesn't count yeah it's <laughs> It's the Virgin Basin, right? It's like where, uh, you know, bass boats go to die. It was way yeah. up the Overton. And I looked at my Windfinder app, yeah. and I'm like, we're going to die. And I had four fish. And I remember thinking, like, I, we got to get back. And we had a, I had a buddy of mine who said, let's run back together if it gets bad. Windfinder wind said we're going to die. We had, like, a batten down the hatch. Just, like, took all the graphs off, put an extra bungee cord over the trolling motor. Yeah, and I just so tightened my – it's like scary at the moment, but I love it. Like going with your buddy, and you're like, "This is going to be terrible." <laughs> <laughs> and you're both but, laughing every wave. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, my co-angler was crying before we left. Yeah. I had him so scared. Oh my god, we get around the corner. It's like 48 miles, right? So it's not like you turn around and go back. It's class calm. There's a wakeboard boat out there. I'm like, you got to be kidding. <laughs> you can't turn around and go back. They yeah. had four fish. I wake four in that tournament for that day, and I was like. Oh, man. oh, dude, you can catch him so right that, Ever since then, I burned back. Oh, everything was batting down. He wasn't unstrapping at all. No. Actually, I went through the narrows and came out. I said, yeah, we'll fish the ramp. And the first wave I hit after the narrows, I think we were like eight feet in the air. And I'm like, oh, so they wind. only missed it by like so eight miles. <laughs> they missed it like eight miles, yeah. It was wind. It was just not in the same area. I'll just never forget my co-angler was like, man, we're going to die. <laughs> Looking at the wind finding we'll never make it yeah dead calm i i have come flying out of those narrows before and then just like looked into an ocean like you're just like wow and then you come around a corner like oh my god like those are so tall oh yeah that happens here on erie all the time like it'll be just absolutely gassing right down the lake but you'll be on the niagara river and the niagara river is just like flat glass calm no yeah. wind and you run like underneath the peace bridge is where the river really funnels down and you come out and all of a sudden you're running up the river you can't just like stop and turn around and go back you have to go like real long because it's like a 12 mile an hour current that you're running through that you're like i'm gonna die as soon as you get to that peace bridge it's like all it's like world war three out there right there's <laughs> like battle it's tough like it's ridiculous like and sometimes it'll be so big that you'll have the rollers coming through the current underneath the peace bridge and you're driving you're driving all of a sudden you just launch and you're like i'm dead like because you're coming down those first and that current like 
Oh, I hate that run. The, it's the worst. Deacon's right though. Though coming out of the Narrows, one of my buddies, he is an old FLW Tour pro. He said he came out one time and the wind's blowing at him, and he said it was just like it looked like freaking Beirut, right? And he said he could over all that noise, he could hear the audible screaming of his co-angler. He's wailing. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear anything, but I could hear this guy just bawling and like, yeah, just like, what did you do? And he goes, kept going. <laughs> what do you do? What am I doing? You if you stop, if you stop, you get hurt. If you if you go fast, you get hurt. Right. There's like no happy medium. You right. drive normal, yeah. you, you guys get, will hurt. get through it. Yeah. 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 Trim up and go slow. That's all you can do in 45 yeah. every big wave. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 45 so... months and keep your bow up. Yeah. yeah. And get soaked think... the entire way, but Oh. Yeah, just tell the poor guy that hey, the tissues are already wet, so he's <laughs> just gonna have to cry. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, guys. it's funny though. In like the last three weeks, I've had two. I felt like we're gonna be near death experiences on Lake Erie and the Niagara River because thunderstorms have literally just popped up out of nowhere. And one of them, we were like nine miles out on Erie, and we had to get back. Oh, as video, it, yeah. Oh no, that was on the Niagara River. That that one was wild. Like. Like clients reeling in a fish and all of our phones go off at once. It's like severe weather alert. I look at the radar. I'm like, there's nothing there. Like we're fine till like three o'clock. And all of a sudden he goes to make, I'm like 10 more casts. We got to go. I turn around and it is pitch black. And I'm like, I got to go nine miles to get to my truck into the storm. I'm like, we're going to die. Like we're going to die. And I did 70 the whole way in a suit. I literally, I was like, maybe 10 minutes 12 minutes max i got the boat i got to the ramp in like eight minutes i got my boat on the truck in a minute and a half like i sprinted back it in drove it on and as i was putting on the back straps a tree like 100 yards up in front of me literally snapped in half from wind and went <laughs> flying across the parking lot i was like sorry guys like that's my bad but it came out of nowhere like <laughs> was it hot though Oh, it was like was it 93. Yeah. It was like yeah. 93 and just that's baking sun. Yeah. And I knew yeah, they were if coming, you notice, but like, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I oh. was down in Powell a couple weeks ago and I, I experienced the monsoons and I didn't understand it in the past. You always see the storm coming at you. You know what I mean? You can look at the radar, but and when it's hot like that, they just bloom up. So yeah. the first time it'll be super clear and then all of a sudden it's green. Within a half an hour, you better move your butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. The heat creates that stuff. It comes up from funnels out. Well, it's crazy like, though, because okay, well, that's going that way. There's a huge band that went like 80 miles north, and I have like four or five different weather apps, and they all said like three to three thirty. So I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like if we leave here by two twenty, I can take my time, get to the ramp, two forty, get the boat on, be driving home by two fifty. Literally, like it was two twelve when my client hooked that fish, and at two fifteen, I was like, "Guys, we gotta go!" Like, and it literally hit like <laughs> thirty minutes before it said it was going to. Like, the severe weather warning was for two forty five in my area until like three thirty, and I think it literally hit at like two forty. Like, it was insane. I've never driven my boat so fast what with the current in my life. Like. <laughs> What do you what do you say? Like, hey, you want a picture? Like, you want to hold that up? Yeah. You got life insurance? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they both have their phones out, like recording, and there's lightning crashing everywhere. Like, it was insane. <laughs> like, I don't know if you saw the reel I put up Screw on my that. Instagram boomer. Like, 
it looked like I was in Oklahoma with the tornado bearing down on me. It was wild. Ugh. Like wall cloud, like 500 feet off the ground, just rolling in. No fun. No. Eh, yeah, whatever. So, well, guys, it was an awesome show. And uh, I think St. Lawrence is next week. So we'll see you all again on next Monday night. And thanks to everyone who is tuned in this week. And we will see everyone tomorrow night for Tuesday Night Live. See you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode, and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.